You're listening to the only episode 30 of 123 Yes Wrestling There Will Ever Be, the only wrestling podcast that tries to bring the love back to professional wrestling. On the eve of Double or Nothing, WWE tries to spice up their third hour, and we have a new Boom Box in the Bank winner. That and more this week. Always make sure you like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you listen to the podcast. And you can always join the conversation at 123yeswrestling at gmail.com. But for now, enjoy the show. Why, hello, wannabe gym rats. Guess who's back? Yeah, that's right. I'm playing my wild card rule. After all, isn't that what WWE's doing every week now? Hello, wannabe gym rats. Welcome to 123 Yes Wrestling. And I do believe this is episode 30. Yes, that's right. 30. These idiots somehow made it to 30. Go figure. And ladies and gentlemen, as always, I got the fellow idiots, the wannabe gym rats that think they can hold a podcast. We got Ed, and we got Corey. Suspiciously, Chris, he isn't here. How convenient. I wonder if he's playing his wild card rule. So you know what? Without further any further ado, let's leave it to the idiots. Corey, take over. Well, uh, yes. Um, hi, everyone. Welcome to 123Yes Wrestling, episode Thirty. Uh, I'm back, guys. Not gonna lie, I have missed this uh, podcast. Uh, and with us always, Ed, who has been here the last two weeks, uh, really taking the load, man. So I gotta verbally say, I do appreciate you. Um, you know, really carrying everything along with Chris. How's it going? Well, man, you know what? It's been it's been a, a good couple weeks. We really showed our teamwork. As a podcast team, uh, while you know Mr. Fitness played the wild card rule, it is good to hear he's back as well too. Just because, as I've said the last couple weeks, he got me going on some good habits here. So hopefully, uh, he's got some good input. I know I've got some good input this week. But man, it's good to have you back too, Corey. Hope you're on the mend. Hope things are feeling better. And let's uh, talk about some pro wrestling this week. Yeah, and. Just so you know, I'm not doing the Mr. Fitness thing. I was not playing my wild card role. Um, unfortunately, the first episode I missed was due to, you know, I had an uncle that passed away. So had a lot of family members in town. So it was a little hard to, you know, record. Um, and then awkwardly enough, the, the very next week, uh, my jaw swelled up and I had to get a root canal. So literally when you guys were recording, my jaw was just starting. I, I got the root canal that day and the Novocaine or whatever they gave me was just slowly starting to wear off. So I was starting to feel the discomfort. So talk about a crazy two weeks for me. Absolutely. But you know what? We did absolutely have a great time in Grand Rapids too. Myself and Corey were able to help celebrate one of our buddies' bachelor parties. And uh, you know what? It's, you know, along with that, we've got some good wrestling this week. And in my opinion, I, I, actually have some love for professional wrestling this week against all odds from where we started Sunday. And I can't wait to expand on it with you. 
Well, and that's good because you know what? That's really what this uh, podcast is all about. I know Chris lately, you know, has been hitting it hard with the negativity. And you know what? Yes, let's bring some love this week. So we'll go ahead and get started with the, uh, as Chris calls, the curtain jerker of this week. Um, This is such a hard way to start, but we're going to go ahead and start with this. Um, Former WWE diva slash superstar. Ashley Massaro. Massaro. Massaro, excuse me. I do deeply apologize. Um, you know, she unfortunately passed away, and we found out the unfortunate news that was it was a suicide by hanging. So, uh, a very tragic uh, turn of events. And, um, I mean, Ed, I, I really don't know how to really respond except uh, just condolences to the family i know she had a daughter and this is just just not a good thing for anyone that you know knows her personally it's very sad um you know we just had found out about her passing away last week right before we started recording actually and uh you know obviously the details hadn't come out yet now that we know um it was a suicide that does make it uh, a ton worse and, uh, you know, myself, um, you know, echo that same sympathy that you have, but also um, just want to make sure everybody, you know, that's out there, um, if you happen to be listening and you're going through anything at home that's making you think about uh, ever taking your own life, call your family, call your friends. There's plenty of numbers out there where you can ask for help. Um, just you're not alone. Uh, you could uh, you could email the, the podcast. I don't care. Email Corey, myself, Chris. We'll listen to you, you know, but it's just a, a sad thing, and I personally have been impacted by suicide myself. It's not something fun to go through for the family and friends around you. So uh, my thoughts and prayers are definitely with her family and her friends. So, you know, yeah. definitely a rough rough thing to hear as a wrestling fan. Yeah, and, I, and I'm a teacher by profession, so I, I definitely encourage people, uh, you know, if you have that lonely feeling, I mean, it it doesn't – you shouldn't have to – try to conquer that on your own. And I know sometimes pride gets in the way and sometimes the the vulnerability of trying to reach out to somebody sometimes isn't comfortable for us, but I can't stress enough how important it is to reach out to somebody. Cause you know what? I mean, you know, whatever's going on, you know, having someone else to, to let it out and then potentially be able to help you get through whatever that is, is such critical. It's so critical. And so, um, but yes, uh, my condolences, you know, to the family of Ashley and, and anyone that was affected by it. All right. I'm going to try to do my best to move forward. Um, let's talk, uh, Ric Flair. Um, you know, he had a, so surgery was postponed and it was completed on Monday. So he did eventually have this, uh, surgery. And as a result of the surgery, which apparently did go well, um, he's unable to fly in the uh, roast of Ric Flair, which is supposed to be at Starcast 2, is basically off the table. Yeah, and I mean, for everybody, for anyone that didn't know what was going on last week, uh, obviously a lot of news was hitting uh, the Internet that Ric Flair had to be rushed to a hospital due to some type of a serious medical condition. Uh, obviously, as the Internet tends to do, it made it uh, a huge deal real quick before knowing exactly all the details. Uh, 
I just am happy that this procedure went well. There was a lot of, uh, you know, fake news hitting the Internet about Rick passing away and all that. And um, it's good to just know that he's doing good and uh, hopefully he's on his way to recovery. If he doesn't make StarCast, hey, well, at least we still got the Nature Boy kicking and screaming because as everybody knows and as everybody should know after this news, I believe Ric Flair is the toughest wrestler on the planet. Guy went through a plane crash, broke his back, came back. He's styling, profiling, kiss-stealing. He's had, what, 18 wives, tons of kids, drank, partied in the 80s, and he's still rocking it all these well, years later. You know, Ric Flair used to joke like, you know, I ain't ever retiring. You know, well, Ric Flair, he ain't ever dying, okay? <laughs> he's, he's a nature boy. So I, I'm very happy to hear that, you know, everything's going fine. And, you know, obviously, you know, I think everyone understands, you know, why the roast of Ric Flair can't happen. So, you know, you know, best of wishes to him in, in his recovery. Uh, let's move on. I find this interesting. Ed, uh, Kevin Owens um, telling WWE that he isn't going to the Super, super Showdown in Saudi Arabia he is now the second wrestler that has said that they did not want to attend a show in Saudi Arabia. The first one being Daniel Bryan at the last show. So, um, I mean, what do you think? Is it, When we look at this um, Saudi Arabia relationship, I mean, is WWE really playing the fine line here? Is there... Is there an issue with this? Uh, should they do this? Should they pull away for political reasons? What's your thoughts? I think um, you have you know people that are in the federation that do uh, believe that politically Saudi Arabia is not exactly the country that you want to put a spotlight on. Um, you know, especially for some of the human rights violations and some of the uh, you know rumors about how women are treated, things of that nature. Um, you know, and I believe that, uh, you know, the, uh, a wrestler like Kevin Owens may, he has his reasons not for wanting, not wanting to go. My first thought was, I, I can't remember. I think he might've been injured, but I was wondering if he actually went to the last one or not, but, um, I didn't get a chance to look if he was actually on that show, but yeah, I mean, I guess they're entitled to it. And, uh, you know, the one thing I do find interesting is, is the, you know, the, uh, marketing of this show so far. They've just been saying Jeddah. They haven't really been saying Saudi Arabia too much, which I find interesting. Like maybe they'll just assume that people will gloss over that it's in Saudi Arabia if they just keep saying it's in Jeddah, it's in Jeddah, and it's not called Crown Jewel. It's called the Superstar Showdown, you know. So, you know, just like we kind of predicted over the last couple of weeks, they are kind of treating this like a very grand uh, house show, you know. And doesn't mean the card isn't looking pretty awesome. I mean, there's some definitely some matches I want to see, but yeah, I think the WWE is like they realize they're in a they're in a certain situation where they have to do their would do their deal, and they're trying to balance the political. I don't want to say backlash, but that may be what's kind of happening with some of their talent and some of the fans. Well, and the thing that people got to remember is there's a ton of money that the Saudi family is is giving WWE to just do what is basically a glorified house show. And, and, you know, when you're looking at it from a business standpoint, it totally makes sense. Um, 
And the lineup that they're putting together is phenomenal. And yes, I mean, if the Saudis are going to pay that kind of money, they better get, you know, good quality stars and matches. And my only down, my only uh, complaint about this is, like you said, house show. And that's exactly how I felt that these shows have been treated. They don't impact the storyline. And it, and then moving forward after the show's over, there's nothing. I, I don't feel there's no fallout. Um, I believe at the last uh, Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia, they had that big tournament with that 50-man battle royal or whatever, and they got that big green belt that I actually liked. Um, and then they did nothing with it. So, yeah, I mean, I've said that before. I am a huge color green guy i'm you know also known as eddie money so the color green is my thing and when i saw that big green basically a universal world championship uh i fell in love but alas i will never see that replica title i don't think available on shop.com unless wwe you're listening prove me wrong put it on sale for 25 percent off i might be might be tempted so, uh, listeners, remember that comment because I'm going to bring up something later about a green belt, but we'll save that for later. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's move forward. Uh, we don't usually, you know, cover this, but you know, if if you don't know, you must be living under a rock. But this upcoming weekend, we have a very big show happening that is not WWE, and that is AEW Double or Nothing. So I felt, you know, since this is the episode right before that show happens, you know, maybe we discuss some of the um, of the card and our thoughts, you know, going into this show. Uh, just and I'm going to let you guys know for the record, and, and maybe I'm saying this with a little bit of embarrassment. I am not fully aware of all the talent on the card, so there's going to be some matches that I'm. I just don't have much comment about because I'm not familiar with them. However, I'm going to say for the record that I'm looking forward to seeing all of the performers on the card because I'm going into this with a very, you know, clean slate, open mind concept. So, but man, we got to talk about it. The one that I really want to hit, uh, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho. I have been looking at video recently of Chris Jericho and his training and I've got to say, he is putting in some work. And I'm really looking forward. And he's actually said that he's going to unveil a new finisher. I forgot the name of it. Wow, but, I didn't even know that. Yes, he has said on social media, because that's obviously how they're promoting this. Um, he said he's going to unveil a new finisher. I think he gave it a name that's connected to the name of his band. Uh, but... So what do you feel, man? You know, tell me about how you feel about the match and then give me your prediction. Well, you know, first of all, before I get into that match, you know, I just want to say I also, along with Corey, um, feel that I kind of have gotten pulled into the AEW hype, especially after we both went to All In last year. And granted, I don't know everybody on this card, but what I think is important to say is that I feel like I'm the exact type of fan that you want to have watching AEW because truthfully, you know, I may not know everything about everybody on this card, but I'm excited to see everyone and see what they have to bring to this brand new federation. 
And hopefully, based on what I see at Double or Nothing, as a fan, I'm going to want to keep tuning in and start to want to know more about the talent of AEW. So um, that's what I'm excited about. Listeners, if you know you want to fill us in, you know, before the show via email, comments on Facebook about, you know, some of these guys and what they're all about, by all means, let us know. But, you know, honestly, Kenny Omega and Jericho, man, like this match happened, what, Corey, a couple of years ago, right, for New Japan. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they utterly tore down the house. So. I can only imagine what round two is going to look like for these guys. I think this match will be incredible. I think Jericho, like to your point, is looking good. Um, Omega, he's going to do his thing. So I definitely expect this match to be uh, just magic and hopefully the definition of what AEW is supposed to bring to the table. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, Chris is on. He is ready to rock and roll, it sounds like. Or maybe he's still... Getting everything can, together. I don't know. Can if you hear there. me? Am I on? Oh, we can hear you. We can, can hear you, hear you sir. Oh, you can hear me. We thought he oh, was going to play the real. wild card rule on us this week, everyone, but he is here, ready to go. I thought about it. I thought about it, but, you know, just decided I had the opportunity. So, you know, I'll save my wild card for another day. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to continue my duties because, uh, Chris, I've taken over your job for. Hey. The, the moment so uh i'll have you hop. take it over man i got i have no notes i have no i'm just joining the conversation all right bring in the love all of that good stuff all right that that's good because um yeah mr fitness uh did the intro and yeah he didn't have nice things to say about anybody so all right sounds so, all right so um chris just so you know we're not going to cover all the matches for the aew card because we said that you know we're not familiar with all the talent on the card so we're just going to come up pilot of the double or nothing card um one one that we i think we got to discuss is and this was a featured match that first i think it was the first match promoted for double or nothing hangman page versus Pac, and mm-hmm. It's canceled. In fact, correction, they already had the match. and It's up on they, YouTube. Yeah, and AEW is going to show it on YouTube. And if I'm correct, it ended up in a DQ squash. So according to squash, well, I thought it was a DQ finish. Am I wrong on that? Did anyone see it? I was going to just watch it. When I watch all or, or double or nothing, just to make the effect better, but that's because I'm a loser. So here, <laughs> here's the issue. With that. So it, it's it's a result of uh, Pac and his inability to lose based on his position with Dragon Gate. And I'm a little, you know, I'll be honest with you, I'm a little confused as to what Dragon Gate and Pac what what, what the deal is. But I guess the way he's being um, used, you know, he's a very dominating force, and it appears that he has not lost. Um, the issue became the finish of this match. But then there's conflicting reports that Pac didn't have an issue losing this match, but then it was moving forward losing any match. So creating the differences sounds like is ultimately the issue. And this is interesting, coming from 
you know, this AEW company where they talked about how, you know, we're not going to have riders, the wrestlers are going to have more creative control, blah, blah, blah. And suddenly now we're seeing that, well, this is the reason why you have a boss that tells you what the finishes are going to be. Right. Yeah, apparently uh, Dave Meltzer reported that it was uh, with Pac being a Dragon Gate champion, and he takes that role seriously, he has not agreed to any losses since he's won the uh, winning the Open the Dream Gate title. So uh, he's worked a couple draws with Zack Sabre Jr. and Will Ospreay, um, but AEW doesn't want to do draws because they want a sports-like atmosphere. So I think they had a different direction that they wanted, so it led to creative differences, which led to them not being able to do the match the way they wanted to. Yeah. Mm, I, I definitely think that kind of stinks. Uh, you know, definitely not something you want to have on your first card is uh, issues with creative, but uh, hopefully they can get those ironed out. But it's too bad. I, uh, you know, I stand by my thing. I, I do want to watch the match, but I don't want to watch it yet. I kind of want to watch Double or Nothing with it, so, so here, I'm just going to do it that way. Because this actually really bummed me out because this was a uh, per, this was the first match that they were promoting. Um, mm-hmm. The for this is Hangman Page versus uh, John Moxley. This is your opportunity. If, if Dean Ambrose, a.k.a. Dean Ambrose, if, if he is capable, I don't know what his, you know, if there's a 90-day, 60-day non-complete clause. I don't know if he's got that in his contract from WWE. But if he is capable, this would be the time to bring him in. Him in. Yeah, I agree right. completely. Completely, completely. I hope. I actually <laughs> really hope that you're right about that, Corey. I would love to see John Moxley show up as a wild card in this program. Yeah. So, and then the only other thing I, I wanted to bring up just because I'm such a fan of him. And I think you, you would agree. Um, Cody and Dustin, I am super excited for this because I was fortunate enough. And Ed, I don't know if you were with me. Um, I was able to see gold dust at a PCW event. I was there. Was- and, I, and it was right before he went back to WWE. And I remember, and I'm sure we both talked about it at the event, I just said, man, he looks great. And he performed great, and the whole gimmick was great. And I just said, God, you know, he's just, he's really good. And then all of a sudden, a couple months later, he's in WWE, and then he has this phenomenal run. Um, and then he finally, you know, closed that chapter of WWE on good terms. And now he gets to have what I feel is, kind of an interesting angle uh, with his brother. His brother indicating that he, you know, this isn't about his brother. He doesn't hate his brother. He wants to kill the Attitude Era. I I, love it. (laughs) I love it. And I'm I'm sold. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know who's going to win this because I could see either one winning and there being logic behind it. But honestly, isn't that what wrestling's supposed to be? Aren't we not supposed to know who's going to win? And we're just intrigued by the story and intrigued by what we're about to see. That's the feelings yeah. we all should have. And honestly, um, this match absolutely should have happened in WWE. This was an easy build. It would have been incredible there, too. And for whatever reason, 
it was never seen as a money match. I think these guys are going to go out of their way to make everyone understand just how money this match is going to be for AEW. So I, I actually, to be honest with you, I'm going to say right now, I'm the most excited for this match uh, on the card by far. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, have, I have little, I have little input with AEW. Like I don't, like I said, I looked at the card, and as you guys said, I, I recognize a couple names who don't really know. I still at this point, I'm not sure if I'm even going to be able to watch it. Um, it seems like it'll be cool. Seems I'm okay. sure it'll be a, a good time. But yeah, I, I haven't watched any of the the build for those the storylines for these matches. Okay. Puts All me right. a little out of my element. No, you know what? I, like I said to Corey, it's okay. This is the start of a brand new fandom. So you're okay starting at square one. It's all yeah. good. That's what it's for. It's uh, for me, right? It's all for all you, right. man. <laughs> well, well, then, Chris, then, then you're forcing me to do this. And I, I, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to. It is now time for the mid-card wrap-up is it called chris mm-hmm. and unfortunately i have to let announce state that we always start off mid-card wrap-up with mr fitnesses and fits mr fitness come on in again let us know what's happened <laughs> Well, well, well. Guess who showed up to the party a little late? How you doing, Chris? You must have played your wild card, too, huh? Well, I want to be Jim Rats. I'm back. And yes, I'm here for the weekly sits and fits. Because you know what? Somebody's got to save this episode. Well, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view is in the books. So let's see, what did we get? Bailey pulls off the unexpected victory and is declared Miss Money in the Bank. To top that off, Bailey was able to cash in her briefcase shortly after defeating Charlotte to win the Women's SmackDown title, or shortly after Charlotte won the SmackDown title for the ninth time. Okay, calm down, Charlotte fans. She still needs to win it back seven more times. After all, she is Ric Flair's daughter. After all the crazy high spots and crazy action that happened in the men's Money in the Bank, who came out, Mr. Money in the Bank? Well, of course, a non-Money in the Bank participant makes perfect sense. And none other than the good old Brock Lesnar. Way to go, Vince for slapping all those Morlocks right in the face with this one. Hey, Morlocks, Vince is calling your bluff. Let's say if you really do actually jump ship and go to AEW. I bet these same Morlocks are going to complain next week about AEW after double or nothing anyway. (laughs) The boom, boom, boom bet continues, and I bet Chris is excited. Kofi retained his WWE championship. Maybe the show-off can actually stop this monstrosity because Chris needs help. How many times can Chris do boom, boom, boom? I mean, it's going to drive him nuts. 
He's going to start having nightmares. It's going to be insanity, people. Someone help Chris. Hashtag, please save Chris from the boom, boom, <laughs> boom. I think that's too long for a hashtag, but hey, who cares? The hardcore title is back. Well, kind of. Mick Foley unveils the 24-7 clock title. That's right. I said it. You PG Morlocks have turned the hardcore championship into a clock. You must be very proud of yourself and all of your silly PG thoughts. Not even Mick Foley and him doing a classic promo could save that stupid title. Gee, Morlocks. Wonder what you're going to say next week about that belt. Well, want to be Jim Rath, that is this week's Mr. Fitness's Sits and Fits. And I'm reminding you, don't, don't sit, just stay fit. Oh, okay. Um, well, in my, my rebuttal is that my, you know, my understanding of the wild card rule is just like WWE's where it doesn't make any sense. So, you know, I, I miss the beginning and show up wild card in the middle. I'm the wild card in the middle. And that's, that's how, you know, makes as much sense as WWE's currently use of the wild card rule. And, and Chris, right now, I, I feel like the wild card rule is also in effect in the aspect of, I feel like I'm hosting this episode and I'm going to be honest with you. I feel a little uncomfortable doing it because <laughs> uh, you're, you're not embracing the power, man. Uh, I, you, you know, you're, you're so good at it, you know, and we're such a good three man team, but it's just, it's like, it's weird. It's like, it's as if, you know, Michael Cole is taking Corey Graves' spot. It's just, it's like, it's weird. So, and here I am just enjoying the insanity of episode 30 it's guys, episode thirty. How about that? It's a good. This is a big deal. It's a real big deal, right? But hey, well, listen. Guys. I want. I want number one. Say it is good that Mister Fitness finally decided to come back from his wild card days these last couple weeks. <laughs> but I'm about ready to become a wild card to WWE fan after what happened at Money in the Bank. Thank God that I calmed down. And I tried to enjoy the product this week, which I did enjoy some of it. So I'm not going to go down a dark path. But I, I do think we should talk a little bit about Money in the Bank. Okay. Well, no, I'm going to go right to it. Because you know what? Everybody else is going crazy. Let's talk about this men's Money in the Bank match. Brock Lesnar winning. And I'm, I'm going to jump ahead. Brock Lesnar turning the briefcase into a boombox absolutely love it that stuff is classic it's hilarious that, that is more charisma that i've seen out of brock lesnar than i have ever seen out of him I, it and doesn't that, even make sense <laughs> like why is he doing that i love it, it but it's like why why it's just so funny but then guys this is great and then uh uh ali i gotta call mustafa ali i'm sorry i can't do the one name thing but Mustafa Ali said on social media that Brock Lesnar climbing the ladder was the most wrestling he's ever done. And I just laughed to that because it's like, yes, he actually climbed that ladder. He looked like he was struggling, but he actually put some effort to climb that ladder and get that briefcase. You know, I'm starting to buy into Brock Lesnar just because, you know what, we already know what he is. 
He's a special attraction. And it, it, the way Brock Lesnar embraces it now, I almost feel like this is – people are going to start liking him. If he keeps doing, like, silly stuff like the, the, the boom box and just these random silly things just to rub it into the face of these fans, hey, more power to him. Yeah, I liked – I liked him winning. I kind of had it spoiled for me because I made the mistake of I wanted to go on Twitter about Game of Thrones, but then still saw Brock Lesnar was trending. And because I stopped the pay-per-view to watch Game of Thrones, I knew Brock Lesnar was going to show up, but I didn't know where. So I was like, oh, my God, he's going to show up during Rollins and AJ. And then he didn't. And then I was like, oh, my God, is he going to go after Kofi? And then he didn't. I was like, crap, he's going to win this match. So I kind of already had this idea that he was going to walk away with this briefcase which was a little frustrating. But then at the same time, I kept thinking about, okay, I don't mind him having the Money in the Bank briefcase because the idea of a part-timer popping in and out with the briefcase could be, it's a, a part, part-timer part with the Money in the Bank is interesting. I don't know if I'm interested in Brock having that. You know, like any other part-timer or someone who's not around being able to pop in and out is there, but I don't want what it means, which is Brock Lesnar becoming champ again or the potential. Now, if we fast forward a little bit more and assume that he's going to cash in next week on Rollins at Super Showdown, then the whole thing is a waste. You know, if they're already, we're going to be two weeks away from Money in the Bank and both briefcases are already cashed in. And if this is just, he's just going to cash it in so there's an excuse to have this title match at Saudi Arabia, that's kind of a waste of the briefcase. And that's what I thought. And that's why I was uh, uh, pretty frustrated until the boombox thing. The boombox thing was funny. It made me laugh. But <laughs> if the if the boombox Brock Lesnar briefcase, try to say that three times fast. Yeah. The boombox Brock Lesnar briefcase. The boombox Brock Lesnar briefcase. If that gets used at Superstar Showdown, this guy will be disappointed. So that's probably what's going to happen. Well, and they said they they said at the end of Raw, we're gonna we're gonna tell you who we're cashing in on next week. So if the fact that you know, and like I said, we're jumped ahead a little bit, but if we have Dolph Ziggler and Kofi's already made official for Super Showdown, that means Kofi's not fighting Brock Lesnar. So it or just maybe makes he the is. most sense that it's maybe it, maybe it is the money in the bank. If you want that triple threat, or he could I, just I, I run it, in. If he's going to keep the Money in the Bank briefcase, I almost wish he would handle it like a Money in the Bank winner. So, like, really, like I said, we don't know when Brock Lesnar is going to show up. We don't know what he's going to do with it. So when his music pops and he comes running out with that briefcase, that's a moment. Him cashing in the next week and say, hey, I'll just fight Seth Rollins in a match that you got, you could have just booked anyway at Super Showdown, that's a waste of time. So I'm, I'm going to throw the, the curveball here. Um, he's not going to announce it. He's not going to. He's, he's not going to to use it. He's just pulling a swerve on them. Um, I do believe he is going to fight at Saudi Arabia because obviously they're going to give him a big payday. But I, I just don't see him actually cashing it in this way. It just it it doesn't fit what I feel Brock Lesnar should do. And like you said, Chris, I, I think he needs to go the, the typical money in the bank route and just surprise it. Now, on the flip side, if he does choose Seth Rollins, 
I do think that Seth Rollins will actually win. Do I call that a waste of a briefcase? No. And the only reason why I say that is because, first off, not every Money in the Bank winner should win. And we they don't always have to have the briefcase for a long period of time. Now, I know that the, the female one has already been used, but, I mean, he'll have it a couple weeks and then potentially use it at the, the Saudi Arabia show. So, I, once again, I, I, I like the fact that I'm not sure how this is going to go. So there's a lot of unpredictability. If but, Brock Lesnar really wants to troll the WWE audience, he should tell everyone that he's going to cash in at WrestleMania and take the rest of the year off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, I was looking forward to what I really thought we were going to get, which we predicted last week, was Baron Corbin. And I wanted to see that Baron Corbin promo on Monday of him just rubbing it in people's faces and him getting booed out of the building that he had that briefcase again. And that just would have been hilarious. Now, I mean, it's just, like I said, it's one of those things that's just, you know, it's always fun when you have a briefcase running around. And someone carries it for eight, nine months. And, you know, that's the fun thing. And when we have two, it's like, you know, and I find it weird that they did the exact same finish for the women as they did last year. Because Alexa Bliss cashed in and won last year at the pay-per-view. And now they did the exact same thing this time with Bailey. So I'm just like, man, the past two years, Carmella is the only woman now out of the three that have won that's been able to carry around the briefcase. Every other one, they just gave him the belt immediately after, which I don't know why they decided to do the exact same booking. Yeah, I, I don't know. And I mean, I guess we'll find out as it, um, as it pans out. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see, I mean, like I said, it is what it is. If that's what, the way that they want to go with it, then that's fine. Now, as Mr. Fitness so lovingly put it, this clock title, Yes. Yeah, How rough was that promo, man? That poor. I felt bad because you could tell that when Mick Foley tried to throw that belt in the ring, it started popping out of the bag. Did you guys notice that? Yes. So like, and a quarter of it. And did times. you notice that the? And did you, did you notice that the camera angle kept changing rapidly to try to not show that? Yes. So if you watch that, the camera angle, anytime Mick Foley, they were trying to do the opposite side to not show the corner of that belt hanging out. And then he got booed as he announced that, I don't know, did people expect it? It sounded like they were chanting. People just think that this was going to be the hardcore title and we were going to actually get a hardcore title? Oh, that's absolutely what they thought. I mean, Why did they I, I, think I, that? <laughs> well, I mean, you have Mick Foley who's just coming back out of the blue. There's no reason for him to to come back and, and do anything at this point. Um, and then you're saying Mick Foley is going to unveil a title. Well, what is the first title that comes to your head when you think Mick Foley? It's that hardcore title. And um, obviously the design of the belt, and we already got clues of it when Mick Foley was revealing it, um, started to make me nervous. And so, uh, my, my only thought is, who in the hell drew it up? Who, who designed that? It looks like it was designed in a matter of days, and that's exactly what it was. This title is a reaction. 
This title is the attempt to get more viewers to watch the third hour of Raw, which is historically the lowest rated. But and if it's 24-7, yeah, what does that have to do with the third hour? Like, I, I don't that. know, Chris. Like, he said, I don't like know. Like, Foley said 24-7, but he said the third hour is going to get Raw. And I'm like, what does that mean? Because if it's 24-7, why is just the third hour of Raw going to get Raw? Shouldn't everything be Raw? We should be Raw 24-7. We should Chris, always be Raw. <laughs> Chris, these are all good questions. And you can refer them to the Vince McMahon <laughs> owner's manual on page 88.A7. And did, did like I know they they were supposedly like turned down the lights and they were trying to like turn off the lights to to change the appearance, but I just went like why did they, I all my first thought was that uh, oh they must not have sold out the arena so they turned the lights off I didn't even notice like that was my assumption was that they just had empty seats that they didn't want to show so I didn't even notice that they did it until that moment so it was noticeable but. I noticed it for the completely wrong reason. I I don't see how that makes things more raw. 24-7. You know what? Here's how you uh, could have done it. Here's how you could have done it. You could have said in the essence or feeling of the hardcore title, we are re- revealing a new championship that will be defended 24-7. And then you bring out a beautiful title that you, you actually tried to design Something, you know, just better than that. I mean, come on, people. It literally is a gold plate on a beautiful green leather belt that says 24-7 champion. That's it. (laughs) Now, now, Ed, are you telling me that you like that belt? Because you were just telling you that I like the strap. I like the strap. I like green straps, green leather straps. Because I'm kind of weird like okay. that. So, all right. So, so if this belt shows up on WWE Shop, 25% off, you're you're not budging, right? If it shows up for 25% off, it better be two dollars and fifty cents after purchase. Jesus Christ, man! Do you know how much these belts cost? That, that one, one not is much, not yeah. worth anything. They deserve It'll no be... profit. Will that belt make it through the year? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> well, they're they're trying to stuff. So, how they now? We've had I, we've had two shows now. We've had two shows where we've seen what that belt is. Is that anything that anybody wants? I you already. What, what are the pros? Give me some pros on. There are. Now it's that filler. We've seen it's filler. We get to see the we get to see the uh, part of the roster that isn't on TV running around the back for five minutes. That's why it's good. Do you think that they'll actually oh. do matches? Or do you yes. think it's all just going to be skits? No, it'll be a lot of skits for sure. And then they'll plug in some like stuff like videos on social media so that we'll see titles change hands on social media. I'm fine with that. Hey, you know, if I can get, you know, like a Titus O'Neil or, you know, or, or somebody going down a Chuck E. Cheese slide into a ball pit, trying to pin somebody in a ball pit, that, that will make this title. I, I like that, and it depends on what they do with it, because obviously we haven't seen that with the women's tag team titles either, and they said the same thing. 
but I like the fact that it's across all brands. But now I need, you need to see that. That needs to happen now. I mean, and it should happen this week. Like, I didn't watch NXT tonight, but, I mean, that 24-7 title should be there. You know, this first week it should be there. But I know that we had the women tag title, and they kind of said, oh, we're going to be on every show, and we're going to defend on NXT. And then, I mean, even since the Iconics won at Mania, this Raw was the first Raw they even showed up on. Well, yeah. knock over my iPad. I already have the exit strategy for the 24-7 title. If they get bored with it in a year, Vince McMahon should just come out and say, if the 24-7 belt isn't defended in the next 24 hours, it'll cease to exist. And that's how you get rid of it. <laughs> so something to look forward to for Survivor right. Series weekend. Exactly. The death of the wow. title. <laughs> But it was, you know, it, okay. it was different. But, yeah, it was rough. What else you got, Corey? All right. So let's see. Um, the Miz, he keeps losing. I was so mad. And is this I was so mad. Build Miz the, the, the face? No. No. I... He lost to Drew McIntyre on Raw. Like, the Shane McMahon things, yeah, they're do, they're hiding those as fluke wins. They're hiding them as this. But, yeah, there's no reason why Shane beat him in that cage match outside of the fact that they wanted to make keep Shane strong for Reigns in Saudi Arabia. That's the only reason he won, and they had to win, try to protect The Miz to a point. But the problem is, is that you're trying to build The Miz. You don't need to build Shane McMahon. You're trying to build the Miz. So it's having him lose and then bringing him out. I was like, oh, he'll get his win back against Drew McIntyre. Nope. He just, you know, shenanigans, but he's losing. So that he becomes a joke. Actually, yeah, I think I was watching Game of Thrones and getting some of the spoilers via Twitter. And um, that really upset me that the Miz didn't win. And I think that's kind of what took me out of the pay-per-view. And then when I heard Brock came through, I was like just being a pouty McPowder pants you know, just uh, being upset about wrestling, but I'm over it. I think that I still, I still really do think they have belief in the Miz somehow. And I don't think wins or losses mean as much as they used to in WWE. So he could easily find himself right on the winning track against someone major and be in a world championship match. I wins and losses don't mean anything anymore. So, well, to me, I, the Shane, the, the Shane Miz rivalry I really felt elevated him into a more prominent spot. Did he necessarily have to win the feud? I, I guess let's see where they go with him moving forward. It's like if suddenly he they, they put him into the title hunt, okay, then this this loss to Shane really is irrelevant. So really, I'm just going to reserve my comment until I see what are they doing with him moving forward. Kind of the same thing with the Bray Wyatt and the Firefly Funhouse. It's like, well, okay. They seem like they're at this Hold point on. now. Huh. That Firefly Funhouse thing is that that's brilliance and genius all mixed together. That is going to work. It is going to put Bray Wyatt on the trajectory of being a dominant force, which we were all saying that he needed years ago, they're going to do it this time. They're going to pull the trigger. They're going to put him on a momentum shift, win some feuds, and no doubt in my mind, 
he is going to be champion. That was like an Ultimate Warrior promo about Bray Wyatt. You talked about mm-hmm. strapping him to the rocket ship, lighting him up. God, that was a lot of excitement. I'm te- I believe you. I believe you. Hey, I I need to see in. what this thing looks like. Let what is in. this? But they they haven't put a rocket or done anything. Like Sami Zayn, he had how many weeks where he came out and he gave these 10-minute promos and he burned all the audience and they seemed like they were loving and loving and loving. And then all of a sudden Braun Strowman threw him in a trash can and Sami Zayn has done nothing, said nothing, and he has lost everything that he's done. So what happened? Why all of a sudden? So it's like the same thing with The Miz. He hasn't won a match, and they're trying to push him. So, I mean, what does this look like? What does Bray Wyatt look like when he actually comes to the ring? This, the promos and the segments and the pumping up of the, the, the rocket, it's very interesting, and it's super exciting to see. And, I'm, I mean, my imagination runs wild on what they could do with it, but w- what are we actually going to get when he walks out to actually in front of an audience? Like, what do you That's see, Corey? Thing. What do you see? You don't know. No, this would be great. I want both. And maybe one week I get the Mr. Rogers. Maybe the next week I get the creepy clown. That's the joy of it. He's a split personality. He can control it. He can harness it. This is great. Let him in. So do, Let him in. <laughs> so do you think they'll do it? Do you think that that will be his demon then? Like, he'll be the Mr. Rogers most of the time, but then, like, at pay-per-views or big matches, he busts out the, the, the mask? I, so, I'm hoping that in his promos, backstage promos, he's totally Mr. Rogers, but then when he comes to the ring, he's that ridiculous clown. That's what I hope. But then when he goes back, then when he goes back, he's back to Mr. Rogers. It's great. I think that'd be great. It's I, great. I, I also think that'd be something. I I appreciate all of the faith. Uh, I just, with the way WWE books this shit, man, I just, <laughs> it's, so it's so hard to be like, yeah, they're going to knock this out of the park because it's just it, the way that they, they haven't shown that they're willing to do what they need to do to make anybody succeed. So it's just, yeah. That makes me scared, man. That'll I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, it's. I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous of what they're gonna do. All right, but but that's okay. As long as we let them in, it'll be okay. Yeah, I the, so, the videos. The videos are awesome. That video, that one was really creepy. I liked with the kids with the melting faces and, like you said, him just whispering, "Let me yeah. in, let me in." I mean, I I enjoy everything that they've done so far with them. It just makes me really nervous. That's all I'm really going for. Undertaker's retiring, so they they need something. They need something to replace Undertaker. So is he retiring? Didn't he just sign a, a new? Now now this is this backtracking just a hair for a second because I'm just curious your guys' opinion. We had that 24/7 title, the Clock Belt. Now the rumor, the other rumor that that could have been a Legends title, and Goldberg and Undertaker were going to fight for the Legends title at Saudi Arabia, which would have made sense for Mick Foley. Would you guys have preferred that if we would have had like a part-time Legends title for no. these people to fight for, or is the twenty-four-seven better? I don't want a Legends. I'm title. personally fighting the title. Yeah. Which one? I think. I think you guys both said the same thing. You guys are cool with the clock title. I'd rather have see okay. EC3 have something to do than watch Undertaker and Goldberg fight for a belt. I was just curious, your your yeah. guys, how you guys thought, you know, because that was a rumor and that could have very well happened. 
I was I was going to say, Chris. I mean, they're just they could just add another title. I mean, because that's what WWE does. I mean, we can just have a ton of titles. Everybody gets a title. You get a title. You get a title. Ooh, I don't know the name of that title, title, but you get a title. Mm-hmm. Do I so, get a title? No. Oh. All right. <laughs> let's let let's move this forward. I'm going to move the SmackDown. I, I personally, me, Becky Lynch, Lacey Evans. I I have nothing. I'm just I'm not bought into it. But you didn't like Lacey Evans and her money guns. No, no. This is this doesn't appeal to me. I I'm trying. I I think they need to bring her back a couple steps. I don't think putting her into the championship title picture was was the right move um i'm, I'm trying not to hate on her because i i see that there's something there but well and that's I, what's, i'm not that's ready what's, for her that's what's crazy with Lacey evans is that she very well when you compare her to the other women that they have running around she is the most formidable you know she's she's the most she has the most presence you know you i mean what are you gonna like i said you throw becky in the ring with dana brooke you throw. I mean, who do you throw Becky in the ring with if it's not Lacey Evans? That's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, with the wild card rule, I don't know who's on what roster anymore, so I don't even know who she could go up against. Now, I do love how, right. uh, and I laughed during the Money in the Bank pay-per-view when Bailey pulled down that briefcase, and I turned and I told Christy, I said, Hey, that's funny that Bailey won because I think Ed's exact quote when we were doing the predictions was Bailey ain't winning shit. <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> and then I had a realization. My realization is this is that Bailey played nice. Bailey yep. didn't cry and complain. Yep. Now Bailey is a good worker and is the SmackDown Women's Champion because she didn't complain. And this whole thing is a reaction to Sasha Banks being stupid. That's what I, I agree. Hard. Yeah, I would say it's hard not to argue that. Yeah, it really is. So, And you know it's true, because I put but, my finger uh, in the air while I said it. He, he declared, ladies and gentlemen, he declared. Did. You know, I, I don't know if you guys are hearing me well, but like the video part of this, <laughs> Skype thing is like terrible for me right now so it's like when you put your finger in the air it's like it freezes and then it's all creepy sorry <sighs> all right you look good buddy uh can you guys hear me okay or am i sound yeah. weird no, yeah sound... we can hear you okay you... we can hear you you're fine that's fine that's all i can all right so continuing um yeah oh. Maybe. <laughs> um, we you, we lost you for a second. You there. just literally froze, and I'm like, you oh, froze. there's that 56k modem. Really? Yeah. <laughs> dial up, Corey. Can dial you guys up. Hear me? Yeah. Can you can you You're guys back. hear me now? You're back. Okay. Come on, Ed. Where's your Verizon guy? Um. You don't have Verizon. So, cool. Oh, Jesus! Don't call me out on that. All right. So. Okay, so I'm going to say it again. So, Dolph Ziggler is back, maybe? Yeah, I thought, um, yeah. 
What did you so, guys think of his promo? I, I thought he was kind of weird that he was near tears the whole promo. I found that a little weird. Yeah, they're trying to go for that whole, like, Kofi, this should be my spot, you know, thing. I'm so I'm in a tough spot. Um, and let me know if you guys can't hear me that well, because my signal is getting kind of iffy. Um, I'm a Ziggler supporter, but part of why I became such a supporter recently is I went to his comedy show and like through his comedy, I started developing an appreciation for him. And so when he came back, I was thrilled, but then it's like, I don't know. I, it's just, it's like, my, my problem here is, is that are we just going to be throwing a bunch of people Kofi's way? And these people just got a job to Kofi just to try to legitimize Kofi Kingston. Cause I feel like WWE is trying really hard to try to make Kofi serious. Like he's a legit champion, a legit competitor. And the concern I had from the beginning when Kofi won was how do we take him seriously when he's in this group called the new day and you're running around throwing pancakes and, and, and dancing and all that stuff. So I don't know. I mean, what, what's your thoughts on Ziggler just hopping in randomly in this? Like I said, I just, I like Dolph Ziggler a lot too. I know when I met him and he made fun of Corey's tights, it was one of the greatest moments of my life. But, um, you know, the thing is, the promo was very strange for a guy just coming back, and the beatdown was good. Um, I do think it'll probably be an awesome match. But, yeah, like to Corey's point, are we just going to feed Kofi people? Which, you know, on one side, that is good. They're trying to build up a new talent, trying to build him as a legitimate guy. But, you know, to Corey's point also, like we're still not seeing serious Kofi all the way. He's gotten better. He's gotten way better on the mic. He is always great in the ring, but I actually was really excited at the beginning of SmackDown when Big E came out because I thought, ooh, maybe tonight Big E will come back and turn on him. So I guess it, for me, nothing's going to solidify Kofi Kingston as your next big champion more than when they finally break up the New Day. To me, that's the part that should happen, and here's the truth. You break up the New Day, at this point, you got a good storyline for a good chunk of a year with him feuding with either either Xavier Woods or Big E, it'll probably be Big E, but say Xavier would obviously play a part in that. But these guys are up there with the Shield now, as far as a long of as far as longevity of three guys doing their thing. So you could easily build good programs with all three of them for a while and help all three of them. But yeah, like Corey said, the New Day I think is actually hampering him as champion at this point. All right, Chris, I'm going to let you talk, but I got to really just address this real quick because Ed really let the listeners hang in there. I, I guess I got to bring up the whole meeting Dolph Ziggler because you just like threw it out there. And then all of a sudden listeners are probably like, what? Greatest experience ever? What happened? So Ed and I went to a Comic-Con. We got to, you know, meet Dolph Ziggler and take a picture. And well, you know, I decided to get creative and, and dress as, you know, a, a made-up character, so to speak. So I was wearing a wrestling singlet, you know, a customized one. I'm sure, you know, maybe like, eh, probably Mr. Fitness would appreciate it. I don't know. I'd have to ask him. But um, 
So when I go up and I'm wearing my wrestling singlet, the first response he says is, is like, hey, I see that you kept uh, my old uh, my old wrestling uniform or something like that. And, you know, he was a real good sport about it. I think he got, he got it. It was meant to be fun and stuff. And he took a picture with me. And the way that picture is, and maybe I'll have to, uh, you know, post it on one, two, three, yes, uh, wrestling on our Facebook page. But uh, he's the way we're posing. It's almost as if Dolph Ziggler is taking a picture with me because he's pointing to me. And then me, I'm pointing to myself. So it looks like he's there to take a picture with me. So and it, it's probably my best picture I've ever taken with, with a wrestler. And, well, yeah, that was, there's, that's a, there's a story to go at the moment. Didn't he just, yeah. wasn't that the same picture he just commented on? <laughs> on Twitter? Yes, actually. Yes. Um, I, I did post that picture and he did a, a comment or whoever comments on his Twitter. What's what's funny is I meant to tell you that I was another uh, podcast I was listening to. I think it was the Bullet Cast. Um, one of the guys from that show was at that San Francisco comedy show you were at. I listened to it and he was like, really? "Oh, last Saturday I saw Dolph Ziggler in San Francisco," and I was like, "Corey was at that show." I was like, "Oh, small world." <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I was but, talking to a bunch of wrestling geeks. It was great. Yeah, you should have you should have got him on the show. I know. The, right? Uh, right. The uh, I don't think they're ever going to break up the new day. I, I probably I don't right. think you can at this point. I don't think they're gonna. I mean, they've they've made it a point to say it over and over again that they won't break up like every other faction. They're too instilled in each other. I mean, yeah, it still could happen. I could still see the biggie. I could see that getting too big for them, but I don't know. It really depends on what they see, what they want out of Kofi Kingston. Like, if they really want him to run and really do something, if this is just a novelty to them and they're just like, hey, we'll just run it until it runs out and we'll just get it off him in a couple months, it's not hurting anything right now, but they don't see anything in it. If they want to turn it into something, then, yeah, they need to figure out what's that angle and how do you break it away. Right now, it's like, oh, people cheer the new day. Now they cheer for Kofi, just tie it all together, and now we just do the serious matches and the serious feuds covered up in New Day, you know, unicorns and rainbows and pancakes. Yeah. I'm curious so. to see now. The other thing with the Dolph Ziggler is, is this going to be, is this just the Saudi Arabia one-off? Is this because Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan and all these people won't go to Saudi Arabia, so they just need someone for him to fight so he's there for the payday, and then we won't see him again for the rest of the year? I mean, it just kind of depends on what well, this match is supposed to be. The only thing that's interesting is that I do believe he just wrapped up his comedy tour. So okay. the timing is interesting. So maybe this, you know, maybe it was planned. Um you know, I guess we'll just see. I mean, I really hope it's not a one-off because I'm a fan of Ziggler. Uh, I would like to see more of him and, and him get into the mix because he could fit in with this current roster. Okay. But even with even with the so many starts and stops that he's had? But he's been around so long. I mean, come on. Kofi Kingston's been around for a long time. Oh. And people are still fine with him. I, I, I think Ziggler's reached a status just like Miz has reached the status where – I think they've earned the respect and pretty much, you know, if you could, if you just give them something, just like when you, we finally started giving Miz something, 
that's more relevant, fans get behind it. I think if we give Ziggler just something more relevant, people are going to get behind it. The man wrestles. He wrestles. He reminds me of like a Mr. Perfect or a Rick Rude when it comes to his intensity in ring. Yeah, I agree. Um, I absolutely agree. I, I like Dolph Ziggler. I always have. He's just one of those guys that's part of a generation, like you said, the Miz, Sheamus for that matter. These guys have been around a while now. Cesaro, I'd put up in there now. And you just wonder, like, number one, how much time do these guys le- have left? But, like, what are each of these guys been that have been around 10-plus years going to try to do to really create their legacy? Because, you know... Some of these guys, like Sheamus, for example, like how many times has he won that title? At least three or four. Like he is, and you know, he's won the tag titles. I thought the bar was really cool. Like the guy's got a hell of a legacy, but yet we probably don't look at him the same way as like another three or four time world champion, like uh, let's say Stone Cold Steve Austin or, you know, something like that. I mean, and granted, I'm not trying to compare their impact to the sport, but, you know, there's some guys that have been with the company a lot longer than the top draws of the company ever were. And mm-hmm. I just wonder what their legacy will be, um, especially, you know, let's face it. I mean, Vince McMahon, he could live to 100. He probably will. But, you know, the minute that Vince does either step away or, uh, you know, passes away, the WWE is going to be very different very quickly. And you wonder if these guys are just going to stick around to see maybe I can make it until things change around here. And I hope some of them do. I really do. Yeah. Well, now let's just uh, try to close this off with our final uh, final part. Uh, super, uh, the Super Showdown card. This is what we got so far, guys. So give me any thoughts if you have any, or we'll just close off the show. We got Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. We have the Demon Balor versus Andrade. We have Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon. And we've already covered uh, Kofi Kingston and Dolph Ziggler, so we don't have to address that. So any thoughts so far, or are we thinking glorified house show, nothing's changing? I mean, a lot of it's just going to depend on what happens. You know, I mean, a lot of these overseas cards when they went to Australia last year, I mean, they put together a, a decent card and some matches, but nothing actually happened. So, I mean, it really depends on if anything happens. If Andrade's going to win the IC title, if Ziggler's going to win the WWE, you know, I mean, what, you know, I don't have no idea what you do with, you know, Goldberg and Undertaker. That'll probably turn into a tag match against the Revival. Um, you know, it's, I mean, it's just, you know, it just depends on what they do with it. The card on paper, it looks fine. I think it'll be, have. yeah, it'll be a decent show. I mean, I'm still going to give it a, a, a tune in. Um I would say uh, I, I think I am most curious to see Undertaker versus Goldberg just to see how bad it could be. It could be real bad. It could be really good, but I think it's going to be bad. So I kind of want to tune in for that. Yeah, I have some feeling um, that's just, going to turn into something and, else. And just so listeners know, I was referencing just the new matches that were added. Yes, of course, we got Undertaker-Goldberg. They announced that you know, before this week. So my my problem is, is that it, it's 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 house show. It, it's a house show. It's a one-off. That Undertaker Goldberg thing's a one-off. They're not building it up on Raw or SmackDown. So, and that's my issue with these shows. And until they can incorporate these shows into the week-to-week storylines, 
you know, the only one that they seem to be addressing is really the Shane and Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. So, and, and now it seems like Kofi Kingston and Dolph Ziggler, um, depending on what happens with Lesnar, they might do something. Like I said, they're, they're thinking about it and they're, they're trying. But, yeah, it just depends on what kind of outcomes are going to come out of it. Uh, my problem with it is if it's I'm waiting to see how big that card ends up being for just length of time. You know, if it's going to be another five, six hour, I think the greatest Royal Rumble last year was like seven hours. I mean, that's just that's too long. <laughs> yeah. That's so and uh, with that, yeah, and with that, I think we are coming to a close. So. Since I've been controlling this episode, I figured it's only fitting that I would close it off. So, sorry, Chris. I guess you're just going to have the uh, the wild card rule on this episode. But uh, thank you guys for listening to episode 30 of 123S Wrestling. Um, remember, you can reach out to us uh, by email at 123Swrestling at gmail.com. So, if you have any questions, comments, complaints, uh are trying to figure out what in the world is wrong with Mr. Fitness, please send us a line. We will certainly, and please uh, tell us your name and where you're from. We can give you a shout out on a future episode. Um, definitely, uh, let's see, Apple, Pod, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean. If there's any platforms we're missing, please email us and let us know. Uh, please look for us next week as we try to find out, is Chris finally going to accept AEW? as more than a t-shirt company because that is something that we all are curious to know is ed going to be bought in to aew is he going to be a fan of someone that he knows nothing about is Corey and mr fitness finally going to just patch things up and finally just get along well guys we'll find out on the next episode so guys one two three yes wrestling I'll see you next time. See you, everybody. Take it easy.